This is Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. Cross Hope is broadcast daily and shares five minutes of hope and encouragement from the Word of God. Our companion website is www.crosshope.org. Now with today's uplifting message, here's Randy. Speaking of Cleveland, that's where Alistair Begg is a minister. Some of you listen to Alistair Begg, the guy with the Scottish accent on the radio, and he tells this story that illustrates something for the message. It really does. Alistair Begg tells the story of three golfers named Bill, Tom, and Fred. They used to be a group of four along with Harry, and they often played golf together over 12 years. But Harry had died. But it wasn't only Harry's company that they missed. They missed the fact that he was the only one of the foursome that had good enough eyesight to follow their ball wherever they hit it. So he was the guy that would say, you're over there, Bill, Tom, Fred, that's where your ball is. And so they counted on Harry for that. Well, he died. And they went to the club pro and they said, we need a fourth. And the only one requirement is that he's able to see well. Because none of us can see well enough to follow our tee shots. So the golf pro gave them George, assuring them that George had great eyesight for a man of his age. So they all hit their tee shots and turned to George, asking if he had seen where the ball had gone. Sure did, he replied in each case. So they jumped in their carts and drove to where Bill usually hit his ball. Bill stopped the cart and asked George, where's my ball? George replied, I can't remember. I can't remember. I can't remember. George had great eyesight but he had a lousy memory. There are a lot of people in this room, and I don't mean this facetiously or in some kind of sarcasm, we have lousy memories spiritually. One of the most important things that the Lord has taught His people in the Old Testament is to remember what God has done. And some of you have forgotten more about what God has done in your life than anything else. And the Bible is a book of memory. And I'm going to give you something right at the beginning because you need to hear it. One of the biblical words in the Old Testament for forgetting is a word that not only means to cease to remember. You know what it means? It's scary. To cease to care. Some people, when you forget, you don't care anymore. You cease to care. And God wants us to remember. God wants us to remember His Son's death. We'll talk about that today. God wants to remember what happened on the cross. He wants us to remember what He's done in our lives. And I can give proof of that just from reading a few verses out of Joshua 4 as we continue this series today. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priest stood, and to, to carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites. And six and seven are very important verses, so please listen. 
to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood. And they are there to this day, meaning the day this was written. Then verse 24, he did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. The people of God, according to Sam Perry, a writer, are called to remember. We're called by God. It's a calling to remember what God has done, to remember how good God is, how He maintains His purpose, and how He keeps His promises. The people of God have already been told to tie the word on their wrist and to put it in their doorposts so that they might remember that their Lord is God at every moment. And here the stones were put up as a memorial. But here's the problem. By nature, we are forgetful. And I know people forget things and people kid people about forgetting in their older age. And this is not about that kind of forgetting. Get this. It's the kind of forgetting that comes because you don't care. It's the kind of spiritual forgetting that when we don't care about what the Lord has done and we're not worried about remembering anything that the Lord has done. One thing that I want to point out to you that I haven't seen too many people talk about, when they crossed the river, it wasn't the end of the line, and hey, we've made it, it's good. You know what verse 13 tells you in chapter 4? That 40,000 men armed with spears and swords and shields went with them as a part of the group. 40,000 men of Israel were ready to fight. They knew they weren't going to a picnic. They knew they weren't going to a a gathering, a church gathering, a church camp setting. They were prepared to fight, and it said they camped on the plains of Jericho. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to figure out why they were there. That's the famous city of Jericho where Rahab, the prostitute, was in the wall. And they remember the spy said, if you put this red cord outside your window, in the wall of the city of Jericho. And we see that. We'll give instructions. You spare everyone in that house. And you know what Rahab did? She did that. And all her family, no no mention of a husband, by the way, just her parents, her brothers and sisters and, and family are mentioned, and they're spared because God kept his promise to Rahab because she hid the spies. So it wasn't a picnic they were going to. They were going to a battle. What's my point? The Lord will help you cross a river in your life, but you may face another river. Some of you know what that's like medically. You think you've got one problem fixed and then you've got another one. You think of one marriage problem is dealt with and it, there's another one. There's another issue. A problem with one of your children and life is like that. We're constantly crossing more rivers. But here's the point. You don't go home with anything else. Go home with this. God's with you at every crossing. 
The Lord says, I'm with you at every crossing. And so the purpose of this message today was to show how God's people were told to pick up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan River and then place them in a monument kind of setting, an informal monument, to remind people that God was with us and He helped us to cross the river. I want to ask you about what memories or what memorials do you have? You say, well, we don't have any memorials in our life. Yes, you do. Well, I'm going to be asking you to think about what memorials you could have in your life to remind you of the hand of God in your life. That's crosshope.org. I want to ask you about what memories or what memorials do you have? You say, well, we don't have any memorials in our life. Yes, you do. Any of you do any journaling or a diary? Any of you have pictures at your house? You have pictures? There are things that we have in our lives that remind us of situations, remind us of places, remind us of people. We all do, to one degree or another. And we have memorials in our life, and we have memorials in the body of Christ. You just shared in a memorial called communion. God's not stupid. He knows that we need to be reminded, and I think that was the purpose of the early church coming together primarily was to take communion. People say, what, did they come together to hear a sermon? No, I don't think so, necessarily. Did they come to have a concert, music? No. They came to take the Lord's Supper to remember that the cup represents the blood and the bread represents the body of Christ, and every time we eat the bread and drink the cup, we remember the Lord's death until He comes. That's a memorial. Baptism is a memorial, a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. But that's a memorial. But let me tell you what else you have in your life that's a memorial. You have certain places that every time you go by a place, you think of a good thing or a bad thing. You may think of a positive experience or a negative experience. Every time you drive by that building, you think of something that happened near there or in that building. And that's just part of life. There are all kinds of memorials in life, good things and negative things. I think it's important to listen to this story told by Edith Schaefer. Edith Schaefer was the wife of Francis Schaefer, famous Christian philosopher. And she lists seven things that families do for us that I'd never thought about before. And I'm just going to go through the first six very quickly. A family is where you learn how to develop relationships. You don't wait till your kids go to school and say, now when they go to school, they'll learn how to develop relationships. Got news for you, it happened a long time ago, before they went to school. She said, the family is where children develop creativity. Again, you don't wait till first grade and say, well, when he gets into first grade, I'm hoping those teachers will develop some creativity in him. No, you develop that at home. Your home is a shelter in a time of storm. It's a hospital for hurting people, not a museum for perfect people. Fourthly, it's a relay of truth. I love this one. Your home is where we pass on the baton of truth to a son or daughter, and then they pass it on to their son or daughter, and then they pass it on to their son or daughter. It's a continual relay of truth. And Edith Schaefer said, she said, I hate to tell you this, 
but we've dropped the baton. As a country, we have dropped the baton and we're not passing it on to the next generation. She said it's a door with hinges and a lock. The children have a door that's open, but they also have a door that's closed. There's privacy. There's educational control. You've got to be interested in what's going on to their minds and spirits. And here's the last one. I told you this whole deal just to get to this one. She said a family provides a museum of memories. The family provides a museum of memories. Well, the wheels are turning, I'm sure, in your mind and my mind as we think of our museum of memories. And I want you to think about what museum you're creating for your children. That's crosshope.org. She said, a family provides a museum of memories. The family provides a museum of memories. Do you know what that means? Think back to your museum of memories that you have from your childhood. You would be shocked. And I mean shocked if you heard some of the stories just in this room. I said, how do you know that? Are you psychic? No, I just know that in a group of people, there's some pretty sad stories of memories, childhood memories. Both sides of the auditorium, doesn't matter. Your home is a museum of memories just like yours was. What kind of museum of memories, she said, are you creating for the next generation? I want to talk about some of the verses. Verse 6, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord when it crossed the Jordan River. Are you in a position to give answers, spiritual answers to spiritual questions? You know, the sad thing is, parents often say, well, ask so-and-so. Ask your uncle. He's into that Bible stuff. Ask your aunt or your grandfather or your grandmother when we should be able to give some semblance of an answer to spiritual questions. What do these things mean? We live in a culture that laughs at people who do what's right. Who can tell me, how far is 10,000 meters? This is about a race in California. Riverside, California, a 10,000 meter race. 128 runners running uh, 6.2 miles at one particular intersection. 123 of the 128 runners turned the wrong way. And only five runners went the right way. Isn't that amazing? And one of the guys that was going the right way waved at everybody, come on, this is the way, and only four people followed him. 123 went the opposite direction. His name was Mike DeCalvo. He was asked later, what did these people think about you going the right way? He said, all those people laughed at me and thought it was funny that I went the right way when they were going the wrong way. Boy, what a lesson. You're going to have people laugh at you or worse when you choose to follow the living God in 2019. 
Would you listen to that again? You're going to have people laugh at you or worse when you choose to follow the living God, the living Christ in 2019 and say, this is what I'm going to do. Even if 123 people are going the wrong way, you say, I'm going the right way. I'm going to follow. I'm going to follow the Word of God and follow Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Crossing the river meant change. It really did. It's a big deal to cross the river. Half a million people, 40,000 of them armed soldiers. It didn't take a couple hours. It was a long process. It may have taken days. And what's interesting about it is the Lord cared enough to say, I want you to put up some stones of memory to remind you of what God has done in your life. Well, I want you to be thinking of that tomorrow as we conclude this program from Joshua, the fourth chapter. Our website for this entire message is crosshope.org. This passage tells me, ultimately, we're to fear God. And I know that sounds religious, and that's what preachers are supposed to say, but it's true. You and I are to fear Almighty God because it's out of the fear of Almighty God that other fears are diminished. And some of you don't believe that. You've never heard that, but it's true. The more you fear Almighty God, the less you will fear man, in my opinion, the less you'll fear war, disease, opinions of others, because you fear Almighty God. And that's why verse 7 says, these stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. And let's bring up verse 24 again. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful, and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. God doesn't want you to fear Him. He doesn't want you to fear him because he, he gets a kick out of that. He wants you to be afraid. I had lunch recently with a man that not connected to the church at all, who I, I've referenced before. He was the young man who turned himself into the police as a boy. I think he was 12 or 13 years of age. He was abused. Just went to the police department and said, I'm, I'm an abused kid. What, do you, what can you do to help me? And that's what he did. And he told me that his parents both enjoyed intimidating their children with fear. I was intrigued by that. He said, my mom and dad got a kick out of seeing the fear and the terror on our faces. And they took joy and pleasure in that. What do you call that? I call it evil. I call it evil. But I'm thankful that he's a man who fears Almighty God. And he serves the Lord and he loves the Lord with all his heart and has been a blessing to my life. I've met with him four times and he encourages me spiritually because of what he's been through in his life. Maybe that speaks to somebody today. I quoted Sam Perry at the beginning. I want to end with a quote by Sam. Humanity by nature is very good at forgetting. We are a people very good at forgetting. We come up with a number of mnemonic devices to assist us in remembering all sorts of things from names to phone numbers to dates and vocabulary. And what is true of us as individuals is also true as a nation. Forgetfulness is the cause of all kinds of trouble. It is true in interpersonal relationships, marriage relationships, 
community relationships, and in our relationship with God's people and God himself. Now, I want to ask you this. Be honest for a minute, just with you, not with the person next to you. What's an example of what forgetfulness has done in your life and in your marriage and in your home? Because forgetfulness is not just a sign of ceasing to remember. Forgetfulness can be ceasing to care. Would you decide today that you're going to be a man or woman or young person who says, Lord, I'm not going to forget you. I'm not going to forget what you've done in my life. I'm not going to forget what you've done in our family. I'm not going to forget what you've done in this body of believers. I'm not going to forget what you've done in every area of my life because you're God. And we have been called spiritually to remember. Not because God is arrogant. He just wants us to think about him all the time. It's because he's God. And he deserves our remembering him. Remember what the Lord has done. Because forgetting can mean not only to cease to remember, but to cease to care. You care today. And you made a decision. I'm going to care enough to remember. You've been listening to Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. For more information about this ministry or to re-listen to any message heard on this broadcast, go to our website at crosshope.org. Be sure to join us at this same time each weekday or listen at www.crosshope.org. Cross Hope is listener-supported and is produced by Cross Hope Ministries Incorporated.